What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Hey guys, I'm Kayla Shore, and this is Too Much To Say. On this week's episode, I want to talk a little bit about the concept of a poser. Yes, it's somebody who adopts a culture other than their own to seem cooler or to fit in or whatever. There's a lot of different definitions for it and it covers a lot of different topics. But let me first tell you why I started thinking about posers. I remember the first time I got accused of being a poser. I was in seventh grade and I was really into emo music. However, I couldn't always dress the way I wanted to and I couldn't dye my hair red with like black skunk streaks and do the whole thing and have like bitch handles. That's that's literally what they called them. Uh, like the two little like long pieces of hair that come out in the front and then you have the rest of it teased up in the back. I couldn't do that and I was really sad. It wasn't because I didn't want to and it wasn't because I wasn't a I was a poser. I did it because I went to a Christian school and I literally was not allowed to. And I tried to one time I dyed my hair fire engine red and it was bad. I had to do the color oops thing that you get at Walgreens and then it got worse and my mom was really mad. But like I couldn't wear skinny jeans every day because I had to wear a skirt every day and so someone on MySpace was like, you're just such a poser. And I was like, mm. yeah, I didn't have comebacks yet. I was in seventh grade. Still don't have them now sometimes. <laughs> but what got me thinking about this was there is this band on TikTok called Tramp Stamps. They're based out of Nashville. I've actually known um, the drummer Paige Blue for a really long time. And I'm not going to cover the entirety of that issue because I do think that there's some interesting points within the conversation of what went wrong. But I am going to say the things that I'd like to defend about them because I think it really ties into this authenticity question and whatnot, whatnot. So long story short... Tramp Stamps is a girl band based in Nashville. Paige has been producing for years. She's incredible. She's had some songs placed in 
commercials and I've written songs with her. She's produced tracks for me. Marissa and Caroline have both been solo artists for a while and done their thing, but they're all independent. Like they have publishing deals. I've had a publishing deal since 2016. Like the second fight, like a girl came out and all a publishing deal is, is you get paid to write songs, but it's an advance. So like my first deal, I got like 25,000 a year, I think somewhere in that range. Um, and that would be spread out over a 12 month period. So I was, you know, making pretty, pretty average money there, not really anything great. And I had to pay it all back. So I don't get the rights back to my songs. Like I don't get to make a hundred percent of the profits until I pay back those, you know, several years of being at that publishing company. So it's not as fancy as it sounds like it's really great. And like, honestly, that's how most songwriters in Nashville get to pay their rent, but it doesn't really pay for anything else. Like it's pretty much just that. And, you know, they'll set you up on rights and they'll pitch your songs to other people, but it's not like this big glamorous thing. Like it's actually kind of, I mean, it's, it's like base level, like it's your entry level job into the music industry in Nashville, as far as it goes with like contracts. And so all three of these girls had publishing deals and they've been releasing music under Tramp Stamps, the band, and they've done several singles and um, built this audience super organically on TikTok. Now, this is where the points of contention come in. Somebody accused them of being quote unquote industry plants, like whatever the fuck that is, and saying that there was no way that these girls could have done this themselves and they clearly have a label and they have all these things and they're lying to us and like it's just some label head trying to sell you something that they think is like what punk girls want to hear. And oh my God, it's so reductive. And honestly, I'm not even afraid to do this. I'm going to pull the feminist card because that's fucked. They don't say that about male artists. You literally don't hear that. And so often in Nashville, I hear like there's a term that people say about female artists. And I'll be like, well, she only brought her purse to the rim as in meaning she didn't contribute anything to the right. And I don't hear people say that about dudes. And like, if you really want to talk about it, Morgan Wallen doesn't write the majority of his music and nobody's accusing him of being a poser. And that's like, should they be? No. I mean, I think that music's actually really authentic to him, but they don't accuse him of that, even though it's not his words that he's singing the majority of the time. And these girls are writing their songs. They're writing their truths. They're putting people's names in the songs, whatever. Like, I think it's really fun music. And there's been some conversation around the topic and the verbiage of the song, because it kind of, it talks about race a little bit in an interesting way. And, um, that's one of those things I feel like it's not my job to say, oh, you shouldn't be offended by that because if a person of color is offended by that, that's, yeah, that's them. So I don't fully understand the extent of that, but I will be reading about it and uh, listening. Hope that's a good enough answer. But I wanted to focus on this aspect of things because this is what relates to my experience and how I kind of saw myself in this story. So after they get accused of being industry plants, that video goes viral. And this person who clearly knows jack shit about the music industry goes off about them and says, like, oh, my God. Okay, I'm going to quote this directly because it was just so stupid. 
So it says in this Slate.com article, the allegation in this case is that tramp stamps don't have the grassroots following that an independent act typically does, but instead have industry backing. To an extent, it comes down to marketing, inauthentic or authentic, whether it's obscuring major label ties or whether it's simply just ineffective. An industry plant can also be used to mean a more extreme case. An artist thought to be constructed by label or music industry executives and whose entire career was focus tested and engineered to be popular. Many musicians receive a great deal of creative input from their teams and financial support from their label. But at what point does it go too far and become an industry plant? Helping a band say solvent or hopefully even turn a profit is what a label is supposed to do idealistically. And even if an artist has found success through seemingly organic viral means, they may often be considered fakers too. Juice World, Billie Eilish, Claro, Khaled, and Cardi B have all been called industry plants, and they're all women or people of color, the groups that are most often targeted by music fandom gatekeepers. So they go on to be a little bit more critical about tramp stamps, but I wanted to read that part because I thought that was really important. And these little TikTok sleuths decided that because the girls had publishing deals, which again, I've already explained that to you, that they were too involved in the industry to be a DIY indie band. No, they just get they're just able to pay their rent without working at fucking Nordstrom. Okay. Like we all had to do that until we got publishing deals. All it does is free up your time to be able to continue working the 60 hour job you were working before. You just don't have to work a 40 hour job on top of that one. If you can't tell, I don't want to fucking hear it. But these girls are also distributing their music through this company called AWOL, which literally stands for artists without a label. Now, you have your big major label deals. You have Sony, you have Warner, you have Universal, et cetera, et cetera. All these big labels that kind of control the music industry. And you still need a way to get your music out. Like if you don't have a record deal, you have to have a distributor who communicates with iTunes, Spotify, Apple Music, Tidal, et cetera, and all these different things to get your music out there. Now, there's several different ways to go about this, but you can't just log in to Spotify.com and upload your own song. It doesn't work like that. You can go to something like TuneCore uh, or DistroKid. Those are two separate little like online. I've done my music through both of them at different points in my career, and you just upload the song through there. They help you out. They do the admin. There's so many like tedious administrative things to do when you upload a song, so it's really nice, and it's a really great business model because they do a good job helping out independent artists. I would say that AWOL is a step up from that, and it's basically just... It's a distributor, but it's one where you kind of have a person you can talk to, and they may or may not help fund your music a little bit and they might make a little bit more of a percentage. I had actually talked to AWOL at one point and by no means was I walking into that thinking it was a record label meeting. It was a meeting with a distributor who ultimately wanted to help you sign to a like major label. So these people go after them and say like they actually have a record deal and they're industry plants. I'm like, okay. These three girls have worked their ass off. Like, they all play instruments. Paige is a drummer. They're producing and writing all this stuff themselves. And it's not good enough. And people are still saying that there's no way these three girls could have built this career by themselves. Because their graphics are too good. Okay, well, they work with their friends who make their graphics. I mean, like, I've had some really great photo shoots because I've used a friend. Or I've, like, had really great music videos that I did for, like, 
$800 because I had a friend help me out. And like, you'd never know looking at the music video, but you can do it. Like there's so many kids in college who are incredible graphic designers and just waiting for an opportunity and tramp stamps are working with their friends and it looks good and it does not mean that there's a label involved it's actually just a bunch of really talented girls in their 20s like how hard is that for you to fucking understand and i feel like all of the controversy surrounding the song and it's you know racial insensitivity implications it so devalues the work that these girls have put in and it's so obvious that they're really spending time on this TikTok thing. They're making tons of content. They're doing videos. They're writing songs. And I'm looking at this knowing how much time they're putting into it. And I just felt really, like I really felt how much that sucks. And massive publications went after them. And it's some of the first big press they've gotten. And I just can't believe we live in a world where a viral story can be based around the fact that, oh, there's no way that these three very talented women could pull this off themselves. Taylor Swift was, has been running her career since she was a teenager. She never let anybody do anything for her. And a lot of the most important decisions she's made, she's made on her own. And I was an independent artist for a really long time. I'm now signed with a small independent record label. But I had a manager, you know, I had a booking agent, I had these people, but nobody cared enough to make me an industry plant, you know? Like, I had to prove to them I was going to be profitable first before they even, like, cared to invest money and whatnot. And... It's just like your entire job as an artist is before you have a manager, like giving them something to manage. Like you have to create a story yourself and work hard enough to create something that they think is interesting. And then you get people involved and all these girls have done that. And it's just super fucked. And so that's the end of that part of the TED talk, but I am going to keep going. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snagajob is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On-demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. It goes back to like 
these guys in high school. You know, I'd walk into school wearing a Nirvana shirt, and they'd be like, oh yeah, name three songs. Like, as if I couldn't possibly do that. And honestly, if I wanted to wear a shirt and I didn't know three songs for the band, why does it fucking matter? Or I can't think of them off the top of my head or, or anything. And nobody asks guys that question. If you see a guy walk in wearing a Led Zeppelin shirt, you don't ask him to name three Led Zeppelin songs. But you know what? I guarantee you... Steven, in 10th grade English, you probably don't know three Led Zeppelin songs. But guess what? I didn't ask you because it's a fucking dumb question. God, I'm so fired up. Names have been changed to protect the innocent, but I I guarantee you he didn't know three songs. I just feel like it's so disproportionately put on women, and I think the question of authenticity is such a joke I've been reading this book called The Quest for Authenticity in Popular Music, and it talks all about how at the beginning of country music, it was known as hillbilly music, and it was actually a bunch of these people, you know, in the, I believe, like, 20s, 30s, who were doctors and had been lawyers and were these, like, really affluent people dressing like they lived in the hillside in, like, Appalachia, and singing these songs about a blue-collar life, but they were they were literally industry plants, and that's, like, part of one of the biggest parts of the story of country music, and also a part that's really covered up is how instrumental black people were in creating it. I mean, the banjo came over from Africa, and so when you... <laughs> When I hear people tell my friend, Mickey Guyton, and she gets this, she has fucking racist people legitimately send her messages about how she's black and she can't possibly be a country singer. Okay, she grew up in Texas, and also, like, she has more of a claim to country music than anybody does, and she honestly probably knows so much more about the history of it than I did, because I didn't get into country music till I was older, and she grew up on it, and so it's so offensive to see people go after her like that, because I've definitely been questioned on, you know, that's not country, but it's not nearly as sinister as it is when people go after her, because that's just... Fucking straight up racism. I think that the biggest moral of the story here is nobody knows shit. Leave people alone. Like, oh my God. Girls can like rock music. Anybody can sing country music. Music is for for people who relate to it, who who feel it. And, you know, I had somebody in my life who grew up really, really wealthy and had a super happy family life. And one of their favorite songs I've ever written is my song, Big Houses. And it's about growing up poor to a single mom dreaming about living in a big house. They don't relate to that. They didn't. That's not their life experience, but they really fucking feel it. And that's what music is supposed to do. Like, it's supposed to put you in the shoes of the singer. And to come back to Mickey again, I don't know what her experience has been like because I haven't walked her path. But Black Like Me is a window into that. And that's what's so beautiful. She's, like, inviting people into this personal space to, to hold their hand and, and show them pieces of what that's like. And that's exactly what music's supposed to be like. I actually have these two songs coming out with two different artists um, uh, that I wrote with them, and they're both really important to me, and they are two things that I've never experienced, and I felt so trusted in those rooms to be gentle with these stories that I would never fully comprehend, but I wanted to try to help them tell that story in the best way possible, and it's an interesting experience to be writing these songs, but it's really cool as a you know, cis white woman to be, to, for them to feel safe enough to tell this story to me so we can write a song about it. 
So I have one coming up that's um, I wrote with a woman of color, and I don't want to say their names because I don't want to like give away that the singles are coming out or whatever. But um, it's about the day after like a big story in the news or the Black Lives Matter protests, and you see people just like posting their workout routine and you know acting like nothing happened and uh just kind of that that feeling of like hey your silence is kind of your silence says a lot so that was that was a really um that was a really hard song to uh for her to write but I was very thankful that she trusted me to be there with her and then the other song is a story that I wrote with a non-binary friend of mine and they've been going through a transition um, partially and documenting that on Instagram with their girlfriend and this song's about wondering if that person if their girlfriend will still love them through those body changes and and as they discover who they are in such a tangible way like to finally be themselves physically literally like in the flesh and it's a really really emotional song and I mean I was crying when we wrote it because I'd never been so close to someone's story that's so personal like in that you know as someone who's like a non-binary believe the correct term is trans non-binary because they are actually transitioning so I don't know I just think that's what music's supposed to do is music's supposed to help you come into different worlds and why is it anyone's job to be like, you can't sing that or you can't wear that shirt or you can't possibly be doing this on your own when it's completely possible? I mean, people built empires from the ground up and it's so frustrating to see people targeted by that kind of poser culture. And I would like to end by saying maybe that person's a poser pretending that they know the ins and outs of an industry that these women have been in for a decade that they've only seen clips of in movies and on TikTok. It was just so mean. It was so nasty. And it just like came after them from all the wrong angles and just really upset me. So I literally spent the entire episode talking about tramp stamps, but I think the moral that I want you guys to take away from this episode is music is for everyone and you can sing anything you want to. You can sing rock if you're a woman. Shocker. That world can be so tough. Um, You don't have to be a white person from the country to sing country music. It's just literally not true. The point is country music is is every man's story. It's supposed to be universal and, and simplified and something that everyone can relate to. So why can't everybody sing it? I get so fired up sometimes. Thank you guys so much for listening. Um, I did finish my EP in the studio last week. It was really, really fun. I had such a blast. Got my double vaccination, so I'm like ready to go. Drink a beer in public. It's going to be awesome. But you guys are the best. I'm really excited to share this music with you. I'm at the point in the creative process where we haven't started mixes yet, but I'm still like driving around listening to them and like making sure everything's right and um, kind of dreaming up what those videos will look like and what the cover art's going to look like and all these really fun things. And although I have a label behind me now, it does not mean I'm a poser because guess who starts the Pinterest boards? This bitch. Also, I have literally made my own like artwork before as well so it's just you never know what's going on behind closed doors and it's not your job to tell people what they can and can't do and if they can and can't sing this 
and blah, blah, blah. So thank you guys so much. You're the best. Uh, thanks so much for tuning in. This is our 31st episode now. So we're kind of starting phase two of this podcast. I love reading y'all's comments. I love reading your DMs. And um, you guys can reach me at my community number, which is a really fun thing for artists where I can have a phone number and it's just a separate app where I can open it up and like text you guys and I check it all the time and I text people back and occasionally like send out reminders like oh I have this song coming out but it's really fun I really enjoy it and if you guys want to text me my number is 615-492-3926 and it's a blast so can't wait to hear from you guys let me know what you think of these you know where the podcast is headed and if you guys have any thoughts on what you want to see in the future but thank you guys so much for tuning in my name is Kaylee Shore and this is too much to say Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org.